Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports talk radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good. Radio now on 101.1 and it's 24/7. The world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. 
you will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I'm pleased and happy to be here with you and to be given an, an opportunity to discuss a topic with you that has value today and in the future. We have to be prepared and ready uh, to be able to discuss the things that are going on in our world and find solutions uh, so that we can give some meaning to our existence. Full of uh, videos about what I, uh, a few things that I found very interesting related to are we our brother's keeper? And uh, should we find time to intervene in the lives of others in a way that will give them an opportunity uh, to feel the goodness of the spirit that lives within us? Sometimes we are so quick and fast to be going about our own business that we don't see a need or a desire to participate in the lives of others in order to let them know that people still care about them. Uh, one of the videos I saw was a video of a man who had was suffering a heart attack. And a woman who saw him swerving became interested in what was going on in his life. And at some point, the man was able to pull his vehicle over and uh, get it out of the out of the main road into a parking lot. This woman then followed him into that parking lot and called 911 and waited there until the medics got there to give him aid, after which she went on about her business. And uh, this man was lucky enough to get to the hospital in time so that his medical condition could get some aid. And because of her willingness uh, to sacrifice her time and to be with him, it allowed him to get to where he needed to in a quicker fashion. And so that was a serious matter. And how many of us would be willing to pay attention not only to stay out of the way and not have an accident, but also recognize that there are people who are in need of our time and our attention. Every day we're riding in the, in the roads and the highways and the byways, we have to be prepared other to free up some time for the people that cross our path. But so often people are not willing to share their valuable time in order to save the life or have a uh, uh, spend a moment uh with someone who needs some assistance. 
and we have to vet, we have to at some point acknowledge that the world is bigger than ourselves, and that just tending to our business does not give time and a reality to the business of the world. The other story I sent out was a story related to a young lady who had an accident, and the only car she had was mangled, and she had to go get a rental car. And she had these two kids, these two twins, uh, that were very busy. I don't really know how old they were, but they were much very big enough and strong enough uh, to uh, just pay attention to anything that crossed their path. And the worker at the rental car place noticed that she needed some assistance. And in noticing she needed some assistance, one of the babies up, one of the twins up, and kept him in her his arms throughout the transaction until he got this woman ready to go on her way with the rental car. So today I'm asking, Pete, asking you all, you know, we talk a lot and we've dealt with this subject before, but how committed are we to being our brother's keeper? How committed are we to getting involved in their daily situations when they need somebody to give them a hand? Or is that just something we say when we in church or say when we want to suggest to somebody that we have a caring spirit. So I just want to understand from you guys really how important is being our brother's keeper and and being in a world that needs even more commitment and dedication to caring about people outside ourselves. Uh, so, G, I want to welcome you here to the discussion. And you know we just truly what does being our brother keeper mean. But are we willing to give the time and our efforts to being a positive part of the people's lives that just cross our path that we might not ever know and come to know as a friend, but they're in just as much need of our attention and our, our love as those we see every day. Well, good evening, James, and uh, thank you again for your time and another great topic uh, for us to move forward in today's society. Uh, in reference to your question, I am a firm believer uh, after analyzing uh, this part of my journey. And, and my understanding on what my journey is meaning in my life, in my time here on this earth. So my, my observation is that um, in the world that, uh, and, and this is going to sound strange in reference to your, to your conversation, but to me, in my life and in my journey, is relevant. All right? So in Trump world, in a, in a world of, uh, made by Trump, by Donald Trump and the Trump mentality, um, I have always uh, analyzed Trump world to be a test um, by Almighty God, of course, because God allowed Trump, the Trump world and the Trump nation to be a part of our life in this, uh, in this particular time and space. Uh, with all this uh, negative antics, with, with all this negative in the endos, and and it seems like uh, they're trying to turn us back toward a uh, a darker time in our history. It's supposed to be a test in, in my in my mind's eye, and and so uh, if one wants to pass the test, uh, they have to get past the Trump. Nation. Period. They have to find a way in their own in their own consciousness how to uh, deal with it, 
um, deal with it uh, as best they can, but still have some uh, humanitarian spirit and 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 lifestyle in their own way of going and come back to some kind of realization and some kind of norm. Uh, so these same people that you see uh, trying to trying to make that gesture of, you know, I thought this is what I wanted. I kind of buy, I kind of bought into that idea, but that's really not me. And so I uh, I, I see more and more people. Uh, they're coming back around, in a sense, uh, without actually verbally apologizing. But you can tell if you have the the sense to observe people and know that they are trying to make a, a, a humanitarian gesture, as to say, you know, I'm really a godly person. I kind of bought into this idea, but it's really not me, and I really want to get back to where I can be peaceful in life and have some kind of norm in life. And I think that's what you're seeing now. Thank you. Yeah, it is. After listening yesterday, after listening yesterday to uh, Cassie and her need or ability uh, to intervene in some young people's lives that she saw in a grocery store and be willing to extend her finances in a way to teach these boys a lesson, it kind of led me to these stories, uh, like I said, like how many of us are willing when we see someone driving erratically uh, to focus on them enough to see if they're okay, to see if it is necessary for us to intervene on their behalf. And so I wanted to talk about this today because I want to comment and focus in my mind that because I'm retired does not mean that I'm finished with doing what is necessary to have some value in the lives of others, that I need to spend my time and uh, looking around and seeing who may need my services and what can I do to assist them to having a better day. And so, Regina, as we go about our way, we need to stop being so focused on what it is we need to do and where it is we need to go that we're oblivious to people who need our services and may need our smile. Truly, if we believe that we're our brother's keepers, we have to be there for strangers. We have to be there for people who uh, we don't have any knowledge of whatsoever. We have to learn how to be good Samaritans, so to speak. Yes. Hi, good evening. Yes, you are very correct, very correct. And all that you said has got to be our brother's keeper. And... Let me see, I guess want to expound on it. Um, we have to be our brother's keeper because sometimes our brothers may not have the the knowledge or the skill set that they need to be kept. Um, they may not know um, you know, avenues to go. It's not that they don't want to to have help but they may not know the avenues. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, we had a store, we had a shooting in a store a few months ago, and from the program, your program the other day, it dawned on me that this man was shot as he was leaving out of a store, and he was shot by the clerk. And they wanted to pin it as being a robbery because the guy was an African-American guy, and I can guarantee you he wasn't on the higher um, income scale. And um, they wanted to say that he was trying to rob the store, 
Well, when the police investigated, they found out that the clerk was actually the aggressor. So now I'm in the process of trying to get the name of the person who was shot so that I can see what type of legal representation he has. And I also asked today if South Carolina had the stand your stand your ground law, and we do. So I just need to check on this person because this person may just be sitting over there thinking that it's nothing that he can do. But it may be something that, that he can do, and because I can research it and he may not, no, but I don't know until I find him. But that's the way that I'm my brother's keeper in that sense. You know, I saw something today that caught my eye, and I paid a lot of attention to, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the information. But I read where two people here in Orlando were arrested, and they were accused of being a participant in a double murder. And they're both looking at life. The female is 25 and the male is 28. And they both look like someone had intervened in their life at a time where they were contemplating the criminal activity that they got involved in, that they very well may have been able to be saved. And so, you know, we have to recognize and realize there are people out there who are contemplating things that might destroy them for a lifetime and need somebody to intervene in their lives to move them in a different direction. Uh, I see a number on here that I'm not familiar with, so I'm going to just say the last four digits of the number, 4592. Give me your name and where you're calling from. Um, that's uh, Stacy. I had a different phone last night because um, my phone that I have now, one I prefer was dead, but it wasn't charged. But I'm the one with the 3904 number on the last night. Okay, okay, Stacy. All right, so Stacy, we're talking about are we our brother's keeper? And certainly you planted the seed from last night. And so we're kind of continuing uh, the thought that we need to be more open uh, to playing a, a much better role, a much major role in the lives of people who may have be may be going astray. Okay, and you want me to comment about it? Yeah, I just want, you know, what is your, you know, as we go about our way, we get so focused on what we're doing that we're not paying attention uh, to the everyday person that crossed our path that might need a kind word or kind gesture to get them get them to a better place. Yeah, it came to my mind about what um, happened in, the Bible where um, Cain, who was that? Um, Cain and Abel. Cain, Adam and Cain asked them, "Am I my brother's keeper? I might have the wrong person." But we have to be each other's keeper, and that's the lesson that he has to learn today. That we have to be each other's keeper because it's the order that's given to us by God. He might not have said it those same words, but his son. Um, the one that came 1900 years ago, uh, some refer to him as Jesus. It's all about, you know, showing love. And, you know, we have to look out for each other. So, yeah, I believe that 100%. And there's so much, like you had said yesterday, there's so much wrong with our world to the point that it is away from uh, normalcy away from those things that uh, are expected of good people. Uh, so, see, we find ourselves in the midst, like you say, with a president who's trying to suggest that we go back to the old days 
And so those they were the one where it was more sanity uh, and more compassion uh, to what we need today. Well, and yes, uh, I agree that uh, it, 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 it's time. Um, you know, I heard Mr. Regina mention uh, about having the skills, the skill set and a mindset to want to be our brother's keeper. You know, there's a, there are a lot of people that want to do good. I, I'm kind of convinced of that. But they don't have the, the skill set on, on how to go about doing good and even being friendly. See, uh, you know, in, in our journey, we can observe how people, some people lack proper communication skills. And so when they, when they lack certain skills of communication and, 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 and intervening and interacting with other people, they, they turn inward. So, um, but, you know, when Ms. Regina mentioned that we de- deliberately and intentionally, and I think that's, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to get to, we intentionally um, go out of our way to show people, and that's another thing. We know uh, when, when you say, James, you know, you work all your life and you get to a point in life now that you feel like you want to retire, yeah, you want to retire from your job. But we're not retiring from life. So now what we're doing now, we are we're turning to another avenue of on doing things. And one of the best things that we can do is show other people how they should act. Or you know, try try to show other people in a way of being an, an example. You know, Miss Stacy came out last night and she spoke about how the good Samaritan uh spent years of his time, years of his life being an example to other people. And in that, he left a good impression on her when he left him. And see, and that's that's what the journey is. The journey is not to get all I can get, give me, give me, give me. It's to enjoy the things that God has bestowed upon us now, but then before our time is up, and sometimes we have to do this urgently, before our time is up, we have to make a good impression on other people. So they'll know how to conduct themselves when we're gone. That's when I uh, posed the question uh, one day last week. Is it our job to try to uh, teach our children uh, how to care for us when we get old, or is it our job to teach them how to care for themselves when we're not here no more? And I think it's the latter. Uh, so, uh, so, but the idea is is to do it intentionally, not not wait for the opportunity. Sometimes, just when you see the opportunity, do it intentionally. And I think that's a that's a good mindset to have. It has become clear to me uh, that we as nation have to change uh, the direction that we're going in, despite the ill will of those who are now in charge, uh, we have to recognize that there there are plenty of people who are in need of us as a nation more so than even before. And when we have an administration that is willing to separate children from their mothers or their fathers, in a way that uh, to penalize them for wanting more for their lives and more for their their children's lives. Uh, We have to be the good that we've always been for people to obtain their dreams and manifest their birthright uh, because we all have been given a gift uh, to make life better. And so, Regina, we have to recognize that people need us, especially those of us who believe that we are Christians and that our lives are more important than just us being selfish. Yes, um, we 
we've got to we we've got to have a spirit of of giving. We have to have a spirit of of love, sharing. That spirit has to be innate. It has to be something that we want to do, um, that we look forward to doing, that we feel obligated to do. Um, for instance, when I get out of school at the end of the school year, um, I'm always, always saying, wow, I'm so glad school is over. But I promise you, I have not been on a real vacation since I walked out of that school on June 26th because there are things that need to be done that people want done. They may have tried to do it but did not get the, the um, you know, get what they needed out of what they tried. So they need me to try it in a different way. Not that it's going to work, but if I can help somebody, then this summer has not been in vain. And that's how we must think. And we have to know that God has given us a gift that is worthy of us spreading it into the lives of others. cannot assume uh, that our God does not give us a gift just for selfish reasons. Uh, we remember that the gifts that God gave to three men, and he gave one uh, three and one two and one one, and he became upset at the one who buried his gift, not making it uh, a of use to anyone other than himself. Uh, so, Stacy, uh-huh. we have an obligation to find out what it is that God has given us and use it for the betterment of the world and not just ourselves. Can I say something to that? Yes, go ahead. I am. I'm, I'm, this is Stacy. I keep telling my children that, you know, it was that parable of the um, the man that had left and went on a far journey and he gave all his servants um, talents. He gave one five, uh, and he gave another two talents, and he gave one one talent. And when he got back, the one that he gave five talents to had increased it to ten. He said, well, God's done. My good and faithful servant come in and enjoy the kingdom of heaven. And then the one that he gave two, he increased it to four, and he said the same to that, this person. He did well done. And then the one that had the one, the one thing that they had that they could utilize to bring more, and to, to show an example that they were of his same mindset, he took that talent and buried it. He buried it. Okay, what does that mean? So I asked my kids this, and I, we talk about this, and we used to have conversations in Bible study about this same subject. Okay, and this is reality. You have the ability to um, computer, the computer, and, and you take your abilities and you go elsewhere with your abilities. You're hiding your talent. Or if you just pay tithes, if you pay your 10% and you stop paying tithes, this is your, you know, this is what you, in that time that you used to contribute to do the work of God uh, for something that's good. Okay, it's tithe deals with the church deals with God. It was for the, the work of God, okay? And then you take and you don't contribute again anymore. You're taking what you had, your ability that God has blessed you with, be it only one thing you had. And you're hiding it, you know. You had two of you if you had the ties and you had ability. You had the 10% you gave, and then you had the computer knowledge, and you walked off with it, and now the business of God is at a halt. And this is a scripture that says that um, Matthew 20, Matthew um, 25, said um, God, it might have been a parable, he said, um, what you did, um, said God, but he said, God was this person in this scenario in the Bible. He had was upset. He said God had um said you have given to me when you when I was sick and when I was without you gave to me and um and you were blessed because you did that. And then the person that he was talking to said, When did I see you sick and when did I see you without? 
And what did I feed you when you was hungry and clothe you when you were naked? He said, and then he asked the other one that didn't do it. He said, what did I see you naked and did not give and hungry and did not feed you? He said, if you did it to the least of my children, you did it to me. So the parable of that talent, if you do it to one, you see somebody need help and you you have the ability and don't give, and then you're guilty of, of hurting because you never know when you attain the angel of the Lord, the scriptures say. All these things go hand in hand. And I just recently, I constantly tell my children this, and this is what keeps them straight. My children are ready and willing to help, but it's just the facts of life and you have to live and contribute. But when they see ability, I talked to my daughter about our conversation, uh, and she just loves it. My daughter is 26 years old. And I was telling her about the potential of this conversation. I said, maybe even you'll want to come and give some feedback, you know, some, put in some knowledge, some book, you know, what you think. But everything that I was telling her, we talked about, she loved it. And they're just waiting to join on, to, to be a part. And they know that we do need something, you know, that's going to help everybody. So that's, that's the talent. That's that parable of the talent that the man gave back to us. Sorry, I took so long. See, we we have to recognize that there is a force within us that gives us an opportunity to do something that changes the lives of people we see every day. Uh, so often we are so fixed on the fact that uh, they need to go get a job, they need to go do this, or they need to, you know, they need to do what I've done, that we don't see the need to intervene and be a force to turn those people's lives around. Uh, and, and we have to be innovative about what it is we need to know so that we can give some of these people the right information that will change their life. Sometimes it's not about what we can do, but the direction we can send them in that somebody else is able to do. Well, that's right. Uh, I, I do believe that. Uh, you know, um, Miss Stacy, she framed it very well when she spoke about the parables. Uh, when um, the uh, person was given uh, different talents, and you know, and and, that, and when Miss um, Regina was speaking about her uh, engagement that she's looking to be a part of, uh, it had me the thinking. Well, you know, uh, she's in a great position to help in that way. Uh, and and then when I look at myself, I, I could probably not be as effective uh, in 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 the arena that she's talking about helping that person. But the talents that I believe I possess, and that I believe that God has shown me in my journey, I can do what I can in the arena of people that I come across to help enlighten them. In, in certain in certain areas to try to improve, and you spoke about we need to improve ourselves so we are understand how we are supposed to help others. You know, there are a lot of people, and I just say this in, for the sake of conversation, there are a lot of people that go to church on Sunday, and then by Monday, they're in a rut again, or by Tuesday, they're in a dumpster again. And so they 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 are continuously needing this shot in the arm spiritually to stay uplifted. And that's fine. That's fine until we can learn how to tap in ourselves. Now when when I first heard that term, um, I think it was uh prior to my indulgence in drugs. But when I used to uh be seeking uh, what it is and, and what I should be doing in life, I used to always run across this phrase to tap in. And so in that, when I uh, started my journey of recovery, it wasn't too hard for me to know that I needed to tap in and stay in and, and you know, and to plug in and stay plugged in. So when I get this uh, overwhelming desire to indulge again, I know that I need to not even entertain that. So I had to stay tapped in to something. I had to stay tapped in to something else. 
So, and and something else is my uh, higher connection with my higher power, which I choose to call God and Jesus Christ. Okay. So, so that's my that's my talent. See, I got my own talent, and so and so uh, now when I when I interact with people, I can pretty much tell who's on that playing field that I on what I'm talking about. If there are people that are just not there yet, then I would just say certain things. And I can say a, and I can say a whole lot of things. So sometimes you can say a whole lot, and they go right over people's heads. So you didn't say mm-hmm. enough until you see them again, and then they say, "Brother, I'm so you know what you said the other day. I thought about that, and then why well, then I you know I got a new friend now because now we can talk. And so, <laughs> so we yeah we uh you know life is good. You heard me say this before. Life is good once we yeah. learn how to live. And so. Uh, <laughs> And so, in that, James, thank you for letting me share. Appreciate it. And, and in living life, we have a responsibility for those outside of ourselves. Uh, I realized that Regina uh, sent me some information about a gas station uh, that she and others had complaints about because it was named uh, Barack Obama. And so, Regina, I see that the people that you uh, were able to work with were able to get the person to change the name of the store. Uh, how were you able to galvanize those people or uh, to make uh, uh, such a ruckus uh, that the man decided to uh, to paint the name off of his his, his gas station? Well, James, I would I would invite you to share that to the group, and maybe we can talk about it tomorrow, because it was it's a little bit more in depth um, than that. But it, it's some strategies that were used are things that can be employed in all of our neighborhoods. Um, first, and I, I just shared one or two. The first. One of the things is we were aware of when the liquor license was was um, up for renewal. So when a beer or wine or liquor license is up for renewal, then that's the time that a community can protest. Now here in South Carolina, if there were a a liquor lot a liquor store there previously, then then the powers to be will say, well, it's an appropriate place for the store. That's how we get stores in our communities for years and years and years and years wreaking havoc on the community because if it was there four years ago, then, okay, it must be a suitable place and it can remain there. We can't say that it's not suitable anymore because of the um, activity excuse me, that comes out of the store, it has already established its presence there as being suitable. The other thing was it took a negotiation process, and they lost some things. They We didn't keep them from, and it wasn't because it was Barack Obama's name that we were upset. It was because of the types of low-shelf liquor, Wine, MB2020, um, no fruits, no vegetables. Right now we're in a food desert, and the things that are coming, that the people are going in there purchasing because they don't have a choice. The owners were preying on the vulnerability of the community. And as the the, um, reporters have been asking me and trying to get me to say, that it was because it was Barack Obama, and I said it could have been Donald Trump. He would not want something in a community if it's detrimental. It could be the governor. They wouldn't want something if it's detrimental. So let's not make it a racial issue. Let's make it a human a human issue. And so I took it from that that point of view. And we were able to negotiate. They can get their license, but they only get it for one year, provisional. And 
but we get the um, the names and everything taken down. But note, there's another store right across town, about five miles away, that they own called the Obama store. They're not taking that one down. What's the difference? Some way you were able to galvanize or someone was able to galvanize <laughs> to make enough rumbling uh, to bring these things to pass. And that's part of being your brother's keeper. Here in the state of yeah. Florida where we have the stand your ground law, at some point there has to be enough uproar uh, to make the legislature, legislators recognize uh, that they can't be comfortable when there's a segment of the population that disagrees with the law that they have created. And so, gee, we have to recognize that the power of one has to turn into the power of two, the power of three, the power of ten, and uh, beyond, so that we can create movement. I'm sorry for the delay, but I didn't hear your question. And my answer uh, for me, uh, you know, to get things done, um, without a lot of resistance because when you when you're forcefully trying to get trying to persuade people when you're forcefully trying to persuade people uh it just makes the road a, a lot harder to uh it, it it makes it harder to digest what it is you're trying to say all right case in point when Maxine Waters uh, got on the, the the television last month, and she uh, suggested that we uh, interact with white people the same way they interact with us. Uh, if you see them at the gas station, uh, you need to let them have it. Or you see them at the, at the grocery store line, you need to you need to get you need to get into it with them. You know, and with that suggestion, sure enough, Donald Trump tweeted. Uh, a few hours later, to say, you got to be careful what you ask for. And I think that's a great point. Because when we jump into situations uh, uh, abruptly and emotionally and let emotion, let our emotion drive us, we lose the attribute of finesse. And, and to me, and it's only for me, that was the difference between Dr. King and Malcolm X, and that's just for me. Um, the finesse that you know that you're outgunned, you know that the laws are here to protect them against you, then in order to get your point across, it may take a little longer, but if you use the finesse necessary to, to, uh, to gain the interest of persons that are borderline, they know they know what they they know what they're seeing is wrong, because actually they have the spirit of Christ in them. However, they're trying to be tribal, so they 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 at a they 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 are at a bridge of being tribal and being Christian. So if you play on their Christianity emotion, then surely God and his and, and his righteousness will win them over. But when we go in, in, in these arenas and demand change, abrupt change, then uh the, the tribalism on their behalf is gonna it's gonna it's gonna win. Uh they will side with the tribe as opposed to trying to hear what what you're saying and knowing what you're saying is probably right, but the approach is just hard to digest. And Stacey, uh, we find ourselves in this battle uh, with our communities, in our communities, and in our cities, and in our state, and across the nation, where we find it difficult to get ourselves or pull ourselves together in a way that uh, will make the government or the people in charge take us seriously. And when we can 
come together for the the need of one man as being his brother and support him through that time where he seems like he is fighting Goliath, uh, but he hasn't been given the three stones that he needs uh, to throw and be successful. You were addressing that too? Well, we're talking about, Stacey, how we need to be able to support our neighborhoods and our cities and our states and help people who find themselves to be overwhelmed by the Goliath that exists when we in the community can see how the government is wrong. And so the Goliath is the government, and what can we do? So how, do we, saying? how do we gather ourselves? How do we put, our, put ourselves together when people are finding themselves at the mercy of uh, leadership? Regina, you you give them been uh, doing a lot of. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I had it on. Um, yes, I, was on I was. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I'll respond to that if you want to, but um, I was, I had it on mute when I was talking. All right, I'm very apologizing. Go ahead, um, what I was saying was, as it was in the day of David, David fought Goliath, and all the men of of um. Israel, I think we call it Israel back then, were afraid to fight Goliath. David was a little boy. David stood in firm, stood firm in his belief that God that day was going to deliver his head in um that day. And God he said five smooth ashes five smooth ashless stones, I think it was, and a slingshot. And he stood in his belief. And God delivered Goliath's head because he believed. We have to have faith and belief that we can make the difference. Uh, we have to stand. This standard and God will provide that what we need. We have to start making moves. Today uh, it looks un- like we can't never win because that's how it was in the day of the, the, the Goliath against David. It looked like we weren't going to win. But we have, because he's still affirming today, we have to do the same. Everything done in the past for our example today. If we just take the stand, and do what we have to do as it relates to these um, powers that be. Uh, there's some things that we could do, you know. There's one thing um, you mentioned tonight about our birthright. We have a birthright, yeah. See, there's some people that, I think they called us um, Moorish Brethren. They're trying to find a way to yes. claim that we are, yes. um, you know what I'm saying, sister? Maybe you could know more about it. But it's our natural birthright to proclaim who we are as a nation, you know, a sovereign nation. You know, so we have to delve into that and understand that and make that us. Because we do have it. We just have to know how to pull it. That's all I have. Uh, Regina, do you want to follow that up? Um, I, well, the the group that she's talking about, when when they are, they are very intellectual with uh, they're very knowledgeable with knowing the the conversation to have about their birthright and how they have a right to do these certain things and I've seen them actually get out of going to jail because of because of their knowledge of this and it amazes me now I, I have not studied it I've just seen it work and I've seen them be able to walk away and walk down the street and avoid getting arrested because they'll start talking about, you know, their birthright and this and this and this. But nevertheless, um, it's important in the neighborhoods to galvanize. It's important to have strong leadership, strong, humble leadership because, and I'll use myself as an example. When I first took over this role, 
um, I was so gung-ho to make this, recognize that we were a viable community that I was like Maxine Waters, and I became a turn-off. And I'm saying this. I became a turn-off, and I would almost say a bully. And I had to go underground for a little while and re and come back again as a different person after getting coaching from our area ministers, um, people who meant well, talking to me, telling me, sharing with me, coaching me. This, this has been an amazing summer for me. Absolutely. I've been in the newspapers more than I ever dreamed I would be there. And I'm not bragging, but I'm thankful because I listened to sound instruction. The The results are phenomenal. Now I continue to listen to what you all are saying as Dee mentioned Maxine Waters. I thought about myself, and he is so right. And if I can just help other leaders, younger leaders, to come up and um, work with them. We had an election and a younger person was running. The first thing she did was said, all these old people need to get out the way. And she had people, she turned them against her. Something happened, and that young lady had to go to one of those older people to try to get a job. As I told my daughter just the other day, you do not burn bridges. You cross them. Yeah, we have a wealth of knowledge to offer. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and give everyone an opportunity to have their final words. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. I'm with you, I'll never go back Say there's a lesson 
Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voices can be heard loud and clear. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow. Help your children And don't let them fall By the side Of the road And teach them To love one another That heaven might find A place their heart Jesus is love He won't let you down and I know Jesus